Hey guys, welcome back to Joshua Tree's Power Hour. This is episode 34 for the week ending January 20th. This week, I thought we would talk a little bit about the MPD numbers from December, quite a few more game announcements and release dates, another surprising announcement from Nintendo, a new segment about PUBG, and what I've been playing recently. So, let's just jump right in with those MPD numbers. So, coming into this week, I thought we would kind of continue with what we left off with. Well, actually, no, what we left off with was Destiny 2 last week. But, I guess coming off of Sony's top-selling games for the month of December and the entirety of 2017, we got the actual MPD numbers for the entire games industry, not just Sony. Um, so I'm kind of just going to give you an overview of the industry in December and then kind of break down the top 10 games for December. So overall, spending was up 10% over the same period last year. So for the month of December, the spending has gone up 10%, which is great. That's good to see that the industry is doing strong. Call of Duty is number one again. As expected, it was number one for Sony digitally, so that's kind of, you can kind of see the trends going with it that way. Um, however, this is the eighth year in a row that Call of Duty has been number the number one best-selling game for the month of December. And then Call of Duty and Destiny 2 were also top-selling games across the entire industry as a whole, not just Sony. But like I said, you can kind of see the trends by looking at it that way. And then, so hardware spending was up 27% for the year um, as opposed to the same period last year but that is mostly due to the switch and nintendo actually being able to have them readily available during the holidays so that's great to see strong industry console gaming is still on the rise actually it's not dying like people thought about six years ago just like pc gaming's dying right i think steam had it's over four thousand games uploaded to it last year last year being 2017 which is the most in like in a single year so now to the top 10 we have Call of Duty, obviously. Star Wars Battlefront 2 is number 2. Number 3 is Super Mario Odyssey. Number 4, NBA 2K18. Number 5, Mario Kart 8. Number 6, Madden 18. Number 7, PUBG, which is surprising. Well, actually, no, it's not surprising. It did come out physically, which is great, but that's fucking nuts that it's an Xbox exclusive, in a sense, console-wise. It's Xbox exclusive, and for what MPD tracks, it is exclusive. So that was number 7 for PUBG. Uh, number 8? Assassin's Creed Origins, number 9, Breath of the Wild, and number 10, Grand Theft Auto, the game that does not stop selling. Again, like I have been saying for the last few months. Although, surprisingly, Minecraft is not in there. Probably in the top 15. We'll see. But this is great seeing... What is that? There's four console exclusives in the top 10. Those being Mario... Or Super Mario Odyssey, Mario Kart 8, PUBG, and Breath of the Wild. The three of them being Nintendo properties. With hardware spending up 27% due to the Switch, you'd expect that we would see a bunch of Switch games in the top 10, and those are the three biggest Switch games of the year, which is great. And so let's see, it looks like Switch, Nintendo Switch sold 1.5 million units in the month of December, so congratulations Nintendo on being the number one best-selling console for the month of December, closing out the year strong. I think that puts them at number one for seven months last year. Good job, guys. Good job. So now... Let's move on over to new game announcements, release dates, game delays, and new hardware announcements. Starting off the new games announcements section, actually, I want to call out a new studio that uh, just announced their... Well, they just announced a new game, but they also announced that they are a new studio. So this is Wushu Studios. They're based out of Liverpool. It is actually a studio from X evolution devs, which Evolution used to be a first-party 
Sony studio, they made racing games exclusively. They made Drive Club for the PS4. They made the MotorStorm games for the PS3. Um, and now they're working on something that's actually not a racing game. And so this is their quote. It says, they're working on a brand new IP with tantalizing and unexpected takes on the science fiction genre. So a sci-fi game, that's kind of cool. We'll see how this works out. They're using the Unreal Engine 4. They started prototyping back in September. And so the team is consisted of 11 people at the moment, and they are looking for new talent to join their team. The three main people we have here, uh, the founder is Alan McDermott, the design director is Nigel Kershaw, and the art director is Stuart Trevor. So congrats on announcing your new studio, guys. I can't wait to see what you guys are working on, and hopefully you guys can get a new deal with, well, I mean, you're probably bitter with, not bitter, but just a little upset with Sony, so you might not want to do an exclusive deal with them. Maybe you make an Xbox game. We'll see. Or hopefully it's a multi-platform game, because... Actually, what, what do I care? I have all the consoles. Maybe if it's a PC exclusive, then I would be a little miffed, but I can't wait to see what you guys do. Next story here is Stardew Valley. Uh, there is an update for it. Not a, like, a firmware update or a, yeah, or a patch for the game, but an update based on the new content. So, Eric uh, Barone, or Baroni, I'm not sure how he pronounces it, said that the new content that he was working on is now finished, and he is shifting his focus over to the multiplayer aspect of the game. And the way he kind of went about this was... On Twitter, he teased it with an image showing multiple farmers on a farm in Stardew Valley with the text saying, four player Stardew Valley land party at my house. Dot, dot, dot. It's really fun. I can't wait. I loved Harvest Moon. I haven't picked up Stardew Valley yet. I am getting it on the Switch, like I've said a hundred thousand times last year. Over exaggeration much. I want to see how the multiplayer in this game works. And I hope it really is fun, like he says. Obviously, the developer of a game is going to say their game's fun, right? That wouldn't... They, they wouldn't be good at... Mar well, I mean, developers don't necessarily have to focus on marketing. That's not their job. Their job is to develop the game. Anyways, rambling. So, after the Stardew Valley update, we got some news about a new Scribblenauts called Scribblenauts Showdown. It's coming March 6th to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Uh, so, no longer a Nintendo exclusive. That's nice. There is three modes in the game. There's versus mode, sandbox mode, and showdown mode. Showdown mode has wordy and speedy game types, so you kind of try and outsmart your friends using words or trying to, for, for the wordy mode, and then for speedy is trying to solve puzzles or get out of this a room as quickly as possible using what you know, literarily. I don't know if that's a word. Anyways, the game also has a built-in 35,000 word dictionary. Which, I mean, that makes sense. I think the, the original Scribblenauts had something similar to that, and it might have been, like, 10,000-word dictionary, but uh, Scribblenauts was fantastic. It is a great game for kids or for, yeah, I mean, yeah, for kids who are learning. It It's cool. Scribblenauts is cool. The art style is fantastic. Next, we have a confirmation about a release we talked about last week, and that is Final Fantasy XV Royal Edition. We also got Final Fantasy XV Windows Edition announced. So both of them are real. Well, we knew the PC version was real, but the Royal Edition is also real. Uh, it is coming March 6th on both consoles and PC. They both have all of the DLC available. Not on the disc, but all they, they both come with all of the DLC that is available. We're ge let, let's get into some new additions for this version. They are adding two new areas to the world map. Insomnia City Ruins are getting an are getting expanded with new side quests and enemies and bosses, including Cerberus and Omega. So essentially, the ruined city is becoming a dungeon, in a sense, I guess. And that I love that. That is one of the, the areas of the game that was very linear that I wanted to be expanded on. And 
that's exactly what Square is doing. I can't actually, I can't, God, I played the shit out of this game. I got an update from Sony about my, like, gaming in 2017 from them, and I paid, like, 605 hours in total over the entire year. 87 of those hours were in Final Fantasy 15, and they're just creating more content for me to come back to. I didn't even get to all the DLC. I got to one of them. Now we're getting more. And I'm excited. They are adding the Royal Vessel, which is the boat that you use to travel from yeah, Cape Kayam to Altisha. And you have control of it, so it's no longer a cutscene between the two uh, continents, I guess. And you get, you have control. You can stop. There's going to be new fishing spots with new fish that you can catch and new food dishes that you can create or cook, I suppose. You don't really create them. You collect the ingredients and then ignis does his snap thing and i've got it yeah all that fun stuff so that's pretty cool obviously with new fish comes new recipes because new edible next part of this final fantasy 15 announcement there is a new accessory that becomes available to you when you collect all of the royal arms and it gives you the ability of armager unleashed or armager unleashed i Again, don't know how that's pronounced. It can go either way. Which, it allows for more powerful attacks while you have the weapons summoned. So hopefully it's kind of a, a more in-depth way to battle using the royal weapons. There's there's a lot of stuff for this, this Final Fantasy update. There is now an archive option, which essentially allows you to read through all of the cosmogony stories and adds new myths and legends to locations throughout the world. So, lore. It, it's building the lore of the world, which is great, which is something a lot of people were saying this game has nothing, or has none of, and Square is just doing wonders for this game. And I am, again, I'm going to keep saying this, that I am excited and I can't wait to get back into Final Fantasy XV and spend another maybe 87 hours with this year. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. Continuing with Final Fantasy XV updates, they are adding a first-person mode. They're adding new trophies and achievements. Uh, the price is going to be 50 bucks if you don't own Final Fantasy XV at all on consoles. $50 gets you all the content and the game, plus all of the free updates and stuff that have been coming out over the past almost, well, I guess year and a half now. Or year, year and like eight months. No, came out in November. Year and two months. Sorry. It's going to have all new cover art. Obviously, it's a new version of the game cover art's going to be different that way you can tell the difference between the original version and this version although the pc version is going to have different cover art than the royal edition but the royal edition on consoles is going to have new art from the legendary artist who has been creating final fantasy logos forever it the name does not come to me at the moment i'm sorry shit okay anyways one last bit on the royal edition or the windows edition well, not the Windows Edition, the Royal Edition. It's, uh, for those who already own the base game, Square is going to offer the Royal Pack for both Xbox and PS4. Initially, they said it was going to be $20, but that is a little outrageous, if you ask me, because the Season Pass was $25, and that got you four expansions, three character expansions and the multiplayer expansion. And this is adding one dungeon, some bosses and some lore building. They said that that wasn't the final price of it. They're kind of looking into it and working on it and trying to figure out how much it should cost. I'm thinking 10 to $15 would be fine. I'd pay that for, for a new dungeon and monsters and all this shit. So yeah, bring it on, Square. But just make, make it reasonably priced. I'll give you all my money, please. You already have a lot of my money. Anyways, on to the next game, finally. Final Fantasy is done for now. Assassin's Creed Origins. We got the release dates for all of the DLC and a little bit more information on them. The first DLC pack is The Hidden Ones. It's coming January 23rd, so this Tuesday. No. Yes, this Tuesday. It's a story-driven expansion. It's set four years after the ending of 
the base game. Uh, the level cap is increasing to 45, and there will be new weapons, mounts, new levels for crafted gear, and a new outfit for Bayek. It's free with the Season Pass, or $10 if you didn't purchase the Season Pass. You can still purchase the Season Pass if you want. And then we have the Discovery Tour, which is coming February 20th. It's a free update, and this is the mode that essentially allows you to explore Egypt without having to deal with combat, without enemies, with all, like, and allows you to learn about Egyptian society and the legends of of egypt so that's really cool it is the the partnership they did with discovery and it's again more of an educational thing so for people that don't want to own the game or or, or play the game they just kind of want to explore this virtual uh egypt you can pay like this is for like educators most yeah mostly for educators it's twenty dollars and it'll get you the whole thing like the whole uh discovery tour which is cool i i like that they're allowing people to not have to spend $60 to purchase this thing to just explore. So that's a cool little thing there. I wonder if they'll do kind of like an upgrade thing, like if you do buy the discovery mode and then you want the game, if you can just pay the additional 40 and get the game. We'll have to see when that comes out uh, again, February 20th. And now the third and final DLC pack is Curse of the Pharaohs. That's coming March 6th. It'll be $20 if you don't have the season pass. It's increasing the level cap to 55. There's going to be new outfits, gear, and weapons. Um, this one is the one that is a bit like the horde-ish, like horde mode, I guess, where you're just constantly fighting pharaohs and people of power within e uh, Egyptian history. So that's what we got for Assassin's Creed Origins. Now on to a great game that I haven't played yet, but I hear nothing but good things about and recently came out on Xbox One. It's been out on PS4 since March of last year, and that is Night in the Woods. It is coming to Switch on February 1st, and it is the Weird Autumn Edition, so it's the one with all of the additional content, all of the updates for the game, and the one the game that is in working order, whereas the PS4 version was broken. You couldn't get the Platinum for the longest time, actually until about until the Weird Autumn Edition came out, so look forward to that. I know I'm looking forward to it. I am going to buy it on Switch. Uh, it is $19.99, and again, comes out February 1st. And to the next big announcement we got from Nintendo in the span of a week. Last week was a big episode because of the Nintendo Direct Mini. And this is another big announcement from Nintendo. It is aimed at kids. It is definitely a kids thing. And it's really cool if you have kids. I, for one, am not going to be buying it. I know it's not for me. But it is really cool. Nintendo did the right thing. By not having the system come out with this, they kind of got the hardcore audience on board first, and then they brought in this kid aspect to it. And that is Nintendo Labo. It was announced. It is coming April 20th for $70 or $80, depending on which kit you buy. So there is the variety kit, which is the $70 one, and the, the robot kit, which is the $80 one. There's also going to be a custom customization kit for $10 that comes with two stencil sheets, two sticker sheets, and two decorative tape rolls. So this all sounds weird because I haven't actually explained what it is. And so these kits are essentially cardboard paper craft things that you create to set your Switch in or your Joy-Cons and you can play around with it. This is really cool. The coolest thing that I saw out of it is the piano. So you create a piano out of this out of these cardboard cutout things that you have and you can actually play it. It plays music the you put the joy cons in it and the switch itself and it, it recognizes what's going on with it and 
This is all of, I, I'm assuming it's all based on the RF reader, the way that the piano works. Man, this is really cool. This is going to spark so many things within children's imaginations. And I, I'm just excited to see how it works out for Nintendo. The robot kit is actually, it seems kind of VR-ish. There's like, one of the things they showed is like a visor that you put the Switch screen into and it goes obviously over your face, it's a visor. And you have like a, a jetpack or a backpack thing on with the Joy-Cons in it and you can kind of interact within this world. And it, I mean, it just looks so cool. I can't wait to see like hands-on impressions with it and all like, and, like that kind of stuff. I just, I can't wait to see what Nintendo does with this, where they go with the next level of it after these first two kits. And kind of how they're going to, I guess, fix things with it. As in, like, it's cardboard. Cardboard gets wet. It gets destroyed. Like, are they going to provide just the, the cardboard itself uh, apart from the software? Because I'm assuming the $70 and $80 kits are obviously the full bundle of cardboard plus the software needed to play it. So we'll have to see how that works out. Also, the customization kit is just, um, like it sounds, it's used so you can customize the cardboard kits that you get so you can draw on them you can add the the tape to them make them your own thing really and again i'm excited to see what nintendo does with this and so with that we are going to head on over to a few last announcement stories but we will get to that in a minute so we got this next one here it's just if this one's gonna be literally really quick i probably don't need to announce that but anyways housemark is working on an unannounced pc game it's kind of just announced but not like, there's no title, there's no description, there's nothing about what it is. They just have a Steam page for it, and they are looking for testers. They are accepting applications through Steam. You just have to go in, apply for it, and if they think you're qualified, they will send you an NDA to sign and give you more information on the game then. That's really all we got for that. Housemark is working on a new game. Well, obviously, it's a game developer. Game developers work on games. They're probably working on a game. So the next story is God of War Collector's Edition revealed. And Sony wasn't the one that announced this or revealed it or anything. It was through the GameStop weekly ad, which, I mean, I guess that's okay. But I, this is one of Sony's biggest first-party games for 2018, and they actually haven't said a thing about it. Not that I've seen. I haven't seen them tweet about it. I haven't seen them post anything on the PlayStation blog about it. I've only seen this ad from GameStop that is about the God of War Collector's Edition. So here's a little bit of information, or yeah, background information on it, I guess. Uh, it is called the Stonemason Edition. It's going to be 150 bucks. It comes with the game inside of a steelbook case, which I'm a sucker for, but I am not going to get this Collector's Edition. I don't need more statues, and this statue isn't the best-looking one. I mean, it's not terrible. A lot of people are just horrified by it. They don't like it at all. They think it's the worst thing ever. But I, it's not bad. It's a 9-inch Kratos and Atreus statue. So it has Kratos obviously standing there, Atreus with his bow. Kratos is, has his axe, you know, readily available to be used. It's kind of a cool, cool thing, but it's not, not for me. I bought the God of War 3 Collector's Edition and was kind of let down by that. Not that this is going to be anything close to what that game is. This game, I think this game is going to actually be better. Kratos is probably going to be a likable character at least in some way. Anyways, back to the contents of the collector's edition. It does come with small two-inch carvings, so there's there's a few of them in there. Uh, they're like wood carvings of Norse mythology, and then it has a keychain, a lithograph, and a cloth map. Those are all the physical items that come in it. There is 
a collection of digital content that is going to be included in the collector's edition and so the digital content that's going to be included is going to be a, an additional shield or additional shields i suppose an armor set a dynamic ps4 theme digital comic and digital art book both by dark horse and again 150 bucks there is no release date there's a placeholder date on gamestop and amazon at, for june 30th uh that if I remember correctly, is a Saturday. Games don't come out Saturdays. If anything, it would be coming out Friday, which would be June 29th. But also, June 30th is a placeholder date for the end of quarter two, or end of early 2018. I still think this game's coming out in March or April. You can take a look at it. It's all over the place. You can find it on GameStop's website. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on uh, IGN, Kotaku. Like, there's images of it everywhere. You can probably just Google Stonemason Edition of God of War. And it'll come up. And then we have a physical release of a digital-only game, and that is Life is Strange Before the Storm. It's coming March 6th. There's been quite a few games that are coming out on March 6th that were announced this past week. So we're getting the physical edition. It's going to be $30 for just the standard version, which includes all three episodes, plus the farewell bonus episode that is not out yet, and then a download of episode one of the original Life is Strange. So it's kind of, this is what happened before, now see if you want, or if you liked that, check out what came before it. And then it has three outfits for Chloe and the mixtape mode, which came with the digital deluxe edition, which if you bought, you had from the start, which is the one that I got. Then there is two more limited editions, or I guess collector's editions of it. There is the $40 limited edition, which comes with the same stuff as the standard, plus an art book and a CD of the soundtrack. And then this the, the final collector's edition is... By far the best one. They did this extremely limited with the the first Life is Strange physical editions. It is a vinyl edition. This one is going to be $70. It includes the soundtrack on vinyl. From what I can tell, it's a quad LP. So that's four records. That's awesome. It comes in a presentation box. So I'm just assuming that's like a nice box set for the vinyl. And then it has a Rachel and Chloe figure. I didn't quite see what that looked like. I couldn't find it in the image. But I kind of want this soundtrack. I don't want the physical game. I want the soundtrack. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if I'm willing to spend $70 on it or if they're going to just sell the vinyl on its own. Because I'm a sucker for game soundtracks, especially if they're on vinyl. Which is why I talk so much about I Am 8-Bit. Because I love what they're doing with all these video game soundtracks. And just constantly putting out soundtracks that I want. And like soundtracks that i love like the ocarina of time one that i picked up back in wow i bought it at the end of 2016 and got it last year like midway through 2017 it's an awesome soundtrack definitely worth checking out i totally recommend it but yeah i am 8bit.com they have so many great soundtracks they have the uh the Last Guardian one, which I still need to get. They have the Journey soundtrack, the Flower soundtrack, Flow, really all of the uh, That Game Company soundtracks. So this next game announcement that we got is more, again, like a leak, like we had uh, yes or yesterday, Jesus, like we had last week for the Final Fantasy XV Royal Edition. This is Red Faction Guerrilla Enhanced Edition or Definitive Edition or Destroy the World Edition. Who knows what fucking THQ Nordic's gonna call it. We ha we got the fucking War Mastered Edition and Definitive Edition of Darksiders 1 and 2. So they might just give it a stupid name. Or, you know, they could go the conventional way and call it Red Faction Guerrilla Definitive Edition or Remastered or something. I don't know. Anyways, it was leaked through multiple European store listings, just came up in essentially GameStops over in Europe as Red Faction Guerrilla. 
it doesn't didn't specify if it's going to be a remaster version or if it's just going to be essentially like a physical release of the like the ps well no it was on ps3 so they wouldn't do it so it would have to be essentially a remaster because it's not going to be like a ps2 classic because it's a ps3 game and ps and xbox 360 game anyways THQ Nordic has, they changed their name to fucking THQ Nordic. They used to just be Nordic. And they've been putting out remasters of a bunch of old THQ games. They did it for, like, the MX Race ATV games, the Darksiders games, like I already talked about. So I don't see why they wouldn't do it for Red Faction Guerrilla. So we'll see. Hopefully, well, maybe not. Hopefully, I never got into the Red Faction games. But hopefully we get some news and we can talk about it next week, like we did this week for Final Fantasy. Anyways, on to the last bit of new releases, game announcements, game delays, game studios. We have sad news. We Happy Few was delayed till the summer. It was supposed to be coming out April 13th, but they're delaying it for good reasons, I suppose. Needs time to needs time for more polish. Always a good thing, especially with a game like this that's in early access and has been in early access for quite a while now. I think since E3 2016. I can't wait to play this game, but if it needs a little bit more time, that's fine. I got plenty of other things to play right now. Let's see. They announced a second playable character whose name is Sally. So along with Arthur, you will be playing a Sally at some point within the story of the game. They also reworked story elements at the beginning of the game so that you can get into the action of the game faster. This is a roguelike game. So the environment that you go into is always going to be different or is going to be changing. It's uh, I believe it's procedurally generated, and over time, or not over time, but, like, each time you die, you come back into the world, and it's a little different. It's cool. It, like, I got, again, Bioshock bi vibes from it, but not in the sense that, like, like, Prey was Bioshock-ish, but more in the sense that this world is fucked up, and, you, well, I guess Prey was the same way, the world was, the, it was fucked up, but, anyways, check out We Happy Few. They have a great trailer from E3 2016. I can't wait to play this game out of early access and actually on my PS4. I don't want to play it on Xbox because I don't know. Just I, I don't know. So now we're going to head on over to random news stories from around the games industry. So this is my bad. There was one last thing I wanted to talk about before we get to the random news stories from around the games industry. Uh, it was another, I guess, release date launch reveal, not of a game, but actually of hardware. So Sony announced two more limited edition PS4s, or not PS4s, but PS4 Pros. So there are two more limited edition PS4 Pros coming. The first one being the Glacier White PS4 that was only available in the Destiny 2 uh, PS4 Pro bundle. So you, you got the, the all-white PS4 Pro with the white DualShock. It's exclusive to GameStop, unfortunately. So if you, you know, I wanted to get it on Amazon because I get my Amazon discount plus I no 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 consoles don't get the 20% pre-order or prime bonus but I still get would get 10% off of that which brings it down to just over $300 for me that's not bad and the the next one is actually really cool I one of the better looking uh, limited edition consoles that Sony has put out and it is for Monster Hunter World which I'm slowly getting more and more excited for even though I don't care about Monster Hunter I think this is the definition of what hype is right but they're doing an all-black ps4 pro it has the dragon or wyvern or whatever they call dragons in the monster hunter world on the on the top of the console itself which again people don't necessarily display their console standing up so you won't see that all the time i wish they had done a little bit more to the front of the console because that's what you do see all the time if you like lay your console flat in the in your entertainment system but or center I don't know why I said system. Anyways, 
in your entertainment center. But on the front of it, there is on the left of the console, in on the middle rail of the three rails on the PS4 Pro, they do have some gold symbols from the Monster Hunter game. But, not but, but the next, I, I guess but, the next part of this limited edition console is the, the coolest part i would say is the controller it's not just a generic black controller or a red controller it's well it is a red controller but it's a it's like a blood red controller probably a good controller color for like a god of war at least god of war on ps3 i don't know how they're gonna we'll see with the new god of war it's like a blood red it's got monster hunter art on it i suppose uh it's got like the gold symbols again on the controller it has like a i think a dragon claw like scratch printed on it it looks pretty sick you can check it out on the playstation blog i believe the the monster hunter one is going to be extremely limited it is i believe both of them are also coming out on january 26th the day of the release for monster hunter so check those out get on that if you do want the limited edition console because they did say bandai namco did say that it is going to be extremely limited one one run edition as the limited edition consoles usually are but if you want it check it out like i said you can find images of it on the playstation blog on gamestop's website um and make sure you do pre-order it if you want it Alrighty, guys so now we're going to head on over to the random news stories from around the games industry so this week there wasn't really a lot of news for me to want to break it up into different manufacturers like i normally do where i have like xbox news sony news nintendo news so this is just going to be kind of a hodgepodge of everything not just the random news stories that i couldn't find a place to to put into the regular show uh show run however i forgot to put something in here that i really want to talk about and that is fable but anyways let's get started uh, Gravity Rush 2. So, back in September, Sony said that they are going to shut down the Gravity Rush 2 online servers. There's no multiplayer in this game. It's just essentially like a leaderboard and a hint system, and you can like gift things to friends. It's, it's just a cool feature. It's an asynchronous multiplayer thing, essentially, because you're setting up like time trials and stuff. And anyways, so they, back in September, they said they were shutting it down on the one-year anniversary of Gravity Rush 2. That's fucking terrible. One year? You're going to give this game one year. I mean, I understand it didn't sell well, but there is a community out there that is playing this game and enjoy this game. Give them a chance to, you know, get some fun out of it. I want to pick it up. However, I still need to finish Gravity Rush 1. I have it on Vita. I, it's on PlayStation now, so I can play it there if I wanted to play the PS4 version, if I want to get double platinums, but I probably won't. I'll probably just play it on Vita. But anyways, they did delay the shutdown of the servers, which is great. They delayed it by six months exactly. So it was supposed to, they were supposed to be shut down this past Thursday, random day, but it, one year anniversary of it. It was, um, they were supposed to be shut down on January 18th at 10 p.m., However, now they are going to be shut down July 18th at 10 p.m. Sony didn't make any official announcement of this. It just kind of happened. Some Gravity Rush 2 players were randomly playing one day, and they got a notification as they started the game that said the server shutdown is going to be delayed six months. It was, I, I believe it was revealed through Reddit. Someone just posted the screen cap, and then it, it just kind of blew up, and everybody found out about it. Obviously, that's kind of how things happen. Reddit finds it, and then it explodes. Or Reset Era is kind of the same way. They, Reset Era had a crazy fucking thread on Devil May Cry 5. Cannot wait for that. Devil May Cry. I love the Devil May Cry games. I suck at them, but I love them. Their style is just so great. Ninja Theory can make a fucking game. If Ninja Theory is working on this one, we'll see. I doubt it, but I loved DMC. That was so good. We're probably not getting DMC 2. 
more likely Devil May Cry 5. So that's the Gravity Rush 2 story. We are going to jump on over to an Xbox announcement. So Microsoft came out and said that there are now over 100 Xbox One X enhanced games. That's great. I mean, it's it's cool. They they had a list of, I think, like 180 at E3 saying that these are going to be, you know, games that are getting patches, and there's still some that don't have them. The Master Chief Collection being the biggest omission that I've seen that I really want. I want that Master Chief Collection HD, or not HD, Xbox One X patch with HDR and 4K resolution and all that jazz. Some of the most noteworthy games, though, that have their enhancements are Assassin's Creed Origins, which that game launched with the enhancements, Forza 7, same thing. Halo 5 did get its patch, and The Witcher 3 finally got its patch for the X. Still waiting on that PS4 patch, though. Soon. They said soon, so we'll see. Hopefully before, you know, Cyberpunk comes out, which probably won't. I don't even think Cyberpunk's going to be this console generation. It, it might be one of those between console generations, so it's on PS4 and PS5 and Xbox One and Xbox. Yeah, next box. Not I'm not saying fucking Xbox 2. 360 was Xbox 2. So yeah, that's congratulations Microsoft on the over 100 games supporting the X hardware. Hopefully we continually see more. I want to see more Xbox 360 games enhanced for the X. Specifically Alan Wake. Just put some HDR in that shit. Like, that would be amazing. So now, to the next story here, we have Dark Souls Remastered is not going to have cross-platform play with the, the most recent trend of how games have been going. So it's not going to be following like the most recent trend that has been happening with some multiplayer games, most notably Fortnite and Rocket League, where Rocket League on Switch can be played with people on Xbox One and PC, and the PS4 version can be played with PS4 and PC. Uh, Minecraft is also doing the same thing where Switch can play with Xbox and mobile and PC, and what was the other one I just said? Doesn't matter. Dark Souls will not support it. So, all right, that's cool. That, I, I think, is a little bit better. Uh, who who said this? Gary Witta on Kind of Funny Games Daily on Wednesday said that, like, this is kind of a good thing because it's a whole bunch of people... Oh, no, 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 it wasn't Gary Witta on, on Kind of Funny Games Daily. It was Andre from Game Explain on the Kind of Funny Games cast from this week, which goes live to everybody on Monday. Quick uh, shout out to Kind of Funny there. He was saying that it's kind of better this way because it's essentially an entirely new community getting into Dark Souls together. So they'll actually be helpful tips, not just a bunch of assholes trolling you, right? Anyways, I thought that was, I, I thought it was cool. Some people might be upset about it, but who cares? It's something that we're used to. You can't play with other people on Xbox. What does it matter? Next is a Pokemon story. The Pokemon Company and Game Freak and Nintendo have announced that they are going to be giving out free legendary Pokemon every month from February to November for Pokemon Sun and Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon players through their partners. So probably through GameStop where you go get a game code. I really wish it would have been via the internet. It would have been easier. But anyways, let's break that down here. We got, so February, so I don't know how this is exactly going to work. There's two options. So February, you got Dialga and, or Dialga or Palkia. For March, you have Regigas or uh, Heatrun. Uh, April is Raikou or Entai, which I, I want to get those. May is going to be Xerneas or Eveltal, which the legendary is from X and Y. June is Zygarde, which is, there's three forms. July is going to be, oh, Tornadus. Or Thundarus. August is going to be Groudon or uh, Kyogre. September is Latios or Latias. 
October is Reshiram or Zekrom, and November is Ho-Oh and or Lugia, which, again, I want the legendary dogs and the legendary birds from Gold and Silver. Also, Pokemon Crystal comes out on Friday the 26th. Get fucking psyched. Cannot wait. Pokemon Crystal is my favorite Pokemon game of all time. Probably with a close second place with Heart Gold and Soul Silver, or just regular Gold and Silver. But Heart Gold and Soul Silver just made those games so much better. I want those to be put on the eShop. Come on, Nintendo, put them on the fucking eShop. We want them. And so, now let's get on to Harry Potter. Another thing I just fucking love and adore. So, we talked about the Hogwarts uh, mystery game coming to mobile sometime this year. I've never been so excited for a mobile game in my life. Pokemon Go was great, but I was not excited for it. I, I was happy that it came out. I loved playing it. I played it for a straight fucking month and a half. And then fell off. However, we got some great news about Hogwarts Mysteries. And you get to create your, your own witch or wizard or customize your witch or wizard based on things that you learn at at Hogwarts. So when you learn new spells and stuff, you can upgrade your your look or your style of your, your character. That's so cool. I cannot wait to see some footage of this game or see what this game is. We are actually going to be getting a first look sometime this year. Actually, no, sometime this month at a Harry Potter celebration. Not sure where, but the the dev did say we are going to be getting it this year. Or this month, sorry. This month. And we got a little bit more information about the game. It takes place during the period of time where Tonks and Bill Weasley are in school. Awesome. That's obviously an unexplored time period from the the universe because we got to see some scenes from when 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 the marauders were at school we got to see some of that stuff we got to see stuff from when voldemort was at school when haggard was at school but we never got that in between period when between the marauders leaving hogwarts and the oldest weasley kids and remus's wife tonks spoilers for harry potter if you haven't read it if you haven't read it or seen the movies read the fucking books please just read the books they're so good how many more stories we got here we got two more stories in our random news stories and then a new segment which you guys probably saw coming we'll get to that in a minute so epic has moved some of the devs off of paragon to help with fortnite but of course they did fortnite is fucking phenomenal it's a runaway success for them at this point after they introduced the battle royale mode for free it's a, it's PUBG for free with a better system, like the or not system, but a better, um, more stable structure. It's it's epic. They have a shit ton of money, like they can obviously get this thing running smoothly. Fortnite's a game they've been working on for seven years, and then they release the battle royale mode for free, and they've gotten over forty million players. They beat their concurrent like highest concurrent numbers at. I believe 2 million. So, yeah, it makes sense that they're moving people off of Paragon onto this game. I would. I mean, where are you going to go? The place that's making you money? I mean, not that Paragon's not making them money, but, I mean, come on. Paragon, the, it, the, the team that is still working on Paragon is still a team of passionate people that love that game, that want to keep, like, making that game, but they're not necessarily putting out consistent updates. They're... The, they've said that the things that they are they are doing with Paragon are more of, like, under-the-hood things and kind of further out. So, like, the roadmap for Paragon is quite different, and we'll have to see what they plan 
for that game in the future. They're just trying to figure out what they're going to change or what they're going to do with it now. So yeah, it's expected. I would, like I said, I would do the same. Fortnite is a runaway success for them. And not just the, the free battle royale mode. The save the world mode is doing great too. Uh, so on to our last random story. Eric Hirschberg is leaving Activision after eight years as the CEO. He's kind of pulling the Jack Trenton move with PlayStation. I think Andy House is doing the same thing at PlayStation. But Jack Trenton was with PlayStation for fucking 11 years, I think. Or might have been 15 years. He was with them for a long fucking time. And he was with them through the PS3 era when they were, you know, not on top, not doing too hot through the launch of the ps4 and he's like you know i've got them in a good place i am confident that me leaving won't screw it up so that's what eric hirschberg is doing they had the two highest grossing games of 2017 in call of duty world war 2 and destiny 2 i'm sure overwatch is still in the top like 15 best-selling games of 2017 which is another activision blizzard game so he's stepping out at the end of his contract on march 31st i hope to see what he's doing soon i want to i just love keeping up with all of these games games industry people just kind of knowing where they go and what they do just to see what they can do with different companies and one last little thing i actually never mind i already said that it was about the the eight consecutive years of call of duty being number one which that is a great thing to have on a resume being the CEO of a company where your number one product has been the best-selling game for eight years in a row. Awesome. Good job, guys. Congratulations, Eric, on leaving. Or hopefully you, you found something great and we'll hear about it soon. All right, guys. So I want to jump on over to our last segment here that pertains to PUBG. So, guys, new segment time. And this segment is called This Week in PUBG. It's going to be... A weekly thing at this point i just want to i mean i we've been getting so much PUBG news might as well there's at least one thing a week if there's not i'll do my hardest to try and find something just so that we can continue with a consistent segment i know uh music corner has not been around for months at this point i do have plans for that i do want to kind of get into that or have kind of a a full episode on music but we'll we'll see how things play out but this week in PUBG, we've got the news of 100,000 cheaters have been permanently banned from the game all at once. I believe it was Tencent was doing some research and they found some consistencies with players and they just banned 100,000 people. Fuck, that's a lot of people. But then again, that's nothing compared to the fucking almost 30 million sales they're at. What's 100,000 players off their back? So that's what I got for you for this week in PUBG, guys. Um, I didn't notice anything else, but I will hopefully have a little bit more for that segment next week. Now, I do just want to talk about some games I've been playing and uh, Fable, like I said earlier. So, we're going to just jump on over to what I've been playing. So, as you know, I was playing three games on my Switch last year. Zelda, Mario, and Alien Noir. I recently picked my Switch back up. I hadn't played Switch in a while. I mean, at least not for a substantial period of time in a while. I would play maybe five ten minutes once a week, but now these past these past seven days, I put probably twenty hours into La Noire. I my game time according to the Switch is forty five hours, and according to my in game time is thirty three hours thirty three minutes and eleven seconds to one hundred percent it. Yeah, I I hundred percented La Noire, so that means I completed all twenty six cases, did all forty street mission or street 
street crimes. I collected all of the collectibles, all of the gold records, all of the film reels, all of the badges, all of the novels, and all of the locations. I also drove every single car, all 95 cars. 15 hidden cars, obviously those just show up on the map, those are easy to get. There really was only one car that I had trouble finding, and that was the Ford two-door convertible. I did eventually find it, and obviously I 100% of the game. And I loved it. I didn't have to worry about getting all of the stars for each of the the cases because it it was great just being able to play this game and not worry about fucking up or having to replay it because now when I play the PS4 version I won't feel bad about using a guide to just because I want to get the platinum. I did really enjoy the game. I thought it was fantastic. On Switch was amazing. Like I it was essentially the 360 version of the game. Which, I mean, that's not saying much. We're in a, an era where, you know, Nintendo should be ahead of, the like, how powerful the 360 is. I think it is a little bit more powerful, but it was great. I loved it. It was a fantastic game. I should have played it back when the original launched, but I'm glad I didn't because I got to play it in handheld mode. I played it while I was out at a coffee shop for five hours while Asia was doing homework, like... It was a good time. I had fun. L.A. Noir on Switch, dude. Check it out. It is great. I did also start playing more Super Mario Odyssey since I finished L.A. Noir. Uh, I am on the, I believe, second to last level. I'm Bowser's Castle. I'm about to fight Bowser. Man, such a great game. Such a good gameplay loop. I just, I love it. Mario Odyssey is great. The Switch is a great fucking system. I do need to get back to Horizon. I haven't played Horizon in a while, but I'll get back to it. And man, I have, I, what am I? I'm at like 320 moons for Mario at this point out of a thousand or 999. It's, it's great. Mario's great. I love it. Watching someone speedrun it is just crazy. Like the, the, the speed tech that they use, like the jumping uh, mechanics and stuff, just how they manipulate everything in that game is awesome. Anyways, now let's just let's talk about Fable because I'm on a fucking crazy Fable like binge right now. I haven't played it yet. I I mean I've played the Fable games. I haven't played them in a while, but I do plan on playing and streaming all three Fable games this year at least at some point. All of them are now backwards compatible on the Xbox One. So look for me streaming Fable Fable Anniversary and then Fable 2 and Fable 3 at some point. Fable 3 I never actually played, but Simon Pegg's in it, so that's cool. I do plan on streaming all three of them. I won't have video like I, I do on PlayStation because I don't have a camera for my Xbox, but there I'll have audio, maybe sometimes, not all the time. So, big Fable rumors going around, or reports, I suppose. Fable may be coming back from Playground Studios, the developers of the Forza Horizon series, which is awesome. A lot of people are concerned with them doing it. I, I don't see why they should be concerned. Their concern is because Playground Studios or Playground Games, but uh, Playground has only ever made racing games. So they're worried that Fable isn't going to be good because of this. But no, I think they're wrong. I think Fable will be amazing by them. Just look at the example we had from Horizon. Gorilla only made shooters before Horizon, and I think Playground Games can handle this. I think that they're going to do a fantastic job, and I hope we get a reveal soon and a launch fairly soon. I could see it launching within the next year, so, well, I hope within the next year. So hopefully by, like, February of next year, we have this new Fable game. If this is real, I cannot wait for Fable.
that's kind of why I want to play more Fable. J Fable is just such a good game series, and I want all of you guys to play it. Like I said, they're all available in backwards compatibility for Xbox One. You can get them on 360 or PC. Actually, I think you can only get Fable 1 on PC, but guys, get into it. Fable is fantastic. So with that, let's just head on out for the week, guys. That's all I got for you. Alrighty, guys, that's been episode 34 of Joshua Tree's Power Hour. Let me know what you think. You can leave comments on soundcloud.com slash Joshua Tree. You can leave reviews on iTunes and the Google Play Music Store. Let me know what you thought. Let me know if there's anything you want to talk about. You can get at me on Twitter with your opinions about the show. See if there's anything you want to change uh, or want me to change, I suppose. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joshua Tree. Instagram is where I post the update for when the show goes live, which is also linked to Twitter. So if you're following me on either of those, you can find the show or know when the show is live. Um, that way through social media. You can also follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Joshua Tree. I have been streaming Horizon Zero Dawn lately, so if you want to see me play through that, uh, if you want to have a conversation while I'm playing that, just get at me. Just know I won't be talking through any cutscenes. I do like playing games with story, and I want to know the story. Just get at me on there. You can find my uh, PSN ID, Xbox Live, Gamertag, and Switch friend code down in the description. Um, that's where all of my social media profiles are, are in the, the description for this week's show and every week's show. So guys, until next time, keep playing those games.